Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So, tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be touching on Season 10. We're going to be talking about all of the new stuff that came out. Uh, we're going to be working our way through the patch notes, and you're never going to believe this. People are upset about the game. Who would have thought? All that and more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. But before we get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons. They are the ones that are supporting this content. They are the ones that are helping get me a new PC. That's right. I uh, dipped into the personal funds and have started to purchase a couple of the actual memory sticks. I still need RAM, uh, the processor, a video card, and the case. Those are like the four must-needs. Uh, well, not even must needs, but they're the ones that I'm working towards right now um, that will help me get closer and closer to that new PC. Very happy and very appreciative of the community for their support that continues to help get that new uh, PC up and running. So uh, let's thank People's Republic, El Cute, Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Chonky, Captain Hayes, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, DA Gaming, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, Trickster, Jorby Jorbs, Carl Embo, Kazia the Aficionado, Nightstar, Cryptic Slayer, Lumpy SRQ, Evil Morpheus, Space Admiral Ors, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Nipperkim, Mutinous Max, Norwegian, Raja the Brave, Registella the Brony Pirate, Replicated Flame, Respel Kid, Scamelt 666, Captain Dasm, Tommy D, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Captain J Rat of the Flaming Cold Sore, The Lore Chronologist Dead Eye Dre, Heger Owl, Jeff H, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Rooski Doo, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, and Zam. Wow, thank you all so much for your support. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to uh, us getting a chance to meet some of each other for the next Sea Thieves Fest for 2024. I keep thinking about that from time to time. First up on today's docket, we're going to be diving into the patch notes. So if you have not jumped into Sea of Thieves and you're wondering what's going on with Season 10 and you haven't listened to the past episodes... I don't know what to tell you other than sit back, relax, and let's get into it. So release patch notes 2.9.0. We're getting closer to 3.0. Uh, I don't know if there's actually going to be anything major for 3.0. Wouldn't it be cool if uh, 3.0 was actually the next anniversary update and they, they rebooted Sea of Thieves another time and instead of calling it the 2023 edition, they called it the... Uh, uh, I don't know, the, the, the six year anniversary or something like that. I don't know. Nah, it's all dumb. I don't, I don't like it now that I've taught, now that I've gotten it off of my chest, I don't like it. Uh, we're going to talk about guilds. Guilds are now a thing. Guilds came in with season 10. It is the new major th feature for season, uh, 10. It was the thing that we've, we've been waiting on and, um, it's very interesting, uh, getting into guilds. There's a lot of information that I think, would have been good information to know going in. Um, it's not major stuff. It's not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they didn't tell us this. Uh, but it is interesting stuff that I think um, would be good for folks to know regardless. Like, and, and, and right now I will let you know, 
there are a few things that are kind of buggy right now so just be very cautious about them but uh aside from twitch drops uh aside from um ghouls and glory aside from a new comic coming out and uh all these other things you could possibly think of um there are a bunch of other quality of life changes that came in with guilds uh in with season 10 but i wanted to talk about some of the things that you may want to know going into guilds if you haven't gotten to start one up um you have to be mutual friends for people that you invite to see the guild invite that you make. So you can go in, you can make a guild, and that's fantastic. You can invite anyone that is on your friends list, but for them to be able to see it, they have to have you friended as well, too, which does not very it's not it does not bode well for uh, being able to have community guilds. Um, especially with a lot of streamers out there, a lot of content creators, uh, a lot of folks want to have their community involved, myself included. And right now, um, predictably, one of the problems that I see with the guild is that the guild size itself is too small. Uh, one of the things that I've seen kind of going around is that there are a lot of folks that have their own guild. Um, but because guilds uh, are, are for, for each individual group of people, and they're limited to 24, you can't just join into a uh, community guild and be able to um, really kind of like ensure that it's going to be open to everyone, right? It's not like a Discord. Uh, and, and not, not entirely, because I mean, you can have exclusive discords just for uh, being a content creator through like Patreon and stuff. And for example, Keelhauled, um, because the size of slots is so small for the guild, there's only 24 players. Um, I am keeping it close to the people that are our uh, patrons so that they can have uh, something that they can feel special about that they can have fun with um, in case they don't have a guild of their own. Uh, one of the things that I've seen a lot is, is that uh, folks are getting into guilds on their own and they're having small guilds, um, anywhere from, you know, two to three people all the way up to the maximum of 24. And going into it, uh, none of the information that I've seen really does make this clear as you have to be mutual friends. There's no, there's no two ways about it. The only way you can invite someone in is if they are mutual friends. They have to be able to uh, see that invite. Um, uh, the only other way that I've seen that you can actually do uh, an invite for a guild is every person now has a brand new emote that is on their emote wheel. So when you go to their their your emote wheel, you will now see a button, uh, depending on whether you're on PC or console. For console users, it's Y. Uh, that will allow you to switch over to the quote-unquote guild invite emote. And if you do that with someone that's in your crew, you can then invite them into your guild, which because of some of the weird ways that the front end is working right now, um, which I'm sure will probably get ironed out. That is the uh, a way that I've had to invite folks into the guild uh, because for whatever reason, being mutual friends, um, the guild invite itself does not show up on their guild invites and you can get invited into three guilds. So like I mentioned, the front end is a little buggy. Um, so try to use that in-game emote as a workaround for now if you can, uh, but it's, it's, it's kind of touchy. Um, and then ships that you pledge to a guild those are all, all automatically uh set to be shared with other guild members by default 
So if you want, you can have a ship that is for everyone. Anyone can jump on it and sail it. Um, otherwise, you can go into the sharing options of that ship and you can actually set it to just be a private ship that you sail on your own if you don't want folks using it uh, in the event that you want to use it when you go sailing. Um, you can pledge as many ships as you as many captain ships as you want, uh, but just keep an eye out on if you, there's one that's that's special to you that you want to keep for yourself uh, in a guild. Um, and that's that's kind of like the the top things, top four things that I think I've I've found out about guilds that I wish I knew ahead of time uh, going into it so I could be a little more prepared because when the update hit, I spent most of my day uh, kind of adding people that had interest in it and so far we've got a full guild um i think there's like one spot technically open uh so if there's one of the patrons that is listening that isn't already in that first keelhauled captain's guild um just let me know uh we can get you in, in invited into that and uh that that will fill out the last spot last i checked we're around level three which is keeping in tandem with i think a lot of folks um and it's so far it's been really cool um, I've, I've had a really good time with it. Uh, I think it's really kind of neat that when you go out sailing, if one of the other guild ships gets taken out onto the ocean, uh, you get like a little pop-up that says that that crew has started to sail, um, which is fun. Cause it's like, you, now, you know, like, Hey, there are other guild members jumping on to go sailing and stuff like that. And I've seen that quite a bit. Um, I've also really enjoyed being able to see what ships get brought into the guild uh, and to take some of those out, um, like I got to sail on uh, Holly, I got to sail on the Black Rose, I got to sail on, um, gosh, what was the other one? There was one other one that I'm forgetting what it was called, and I feel like I, I wish I could remember what it was, uh, but I know that I sailed on on quite a few other people's uh, ships this weekend, and, well, well, throughout the whole week actually, and um, I've had a really good time with it, and and I've been, and I have this weird little thing in my mind that's like, ah, oh, probably people probably hate merchants, so I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go and work on my ledgers because the the rollover is coming soon, and uh, there's about like ten days left, I think, in the ledgers, and I'm gonna go work on the Merchant Alliance ledgers because um, ledgers are, are the only way that you can really get guild reputation. You can't just earn reputation the way you normally earn renown. Um, you have to be kind of uh, up with an emissary flag as far as I've understood it, unless you're doing like hourglass. I think you can fish. I haven't turned in any fish that's really kind of moved the needle. And uh, from what I've heard, um, hourglass is probably the fastest way to rank up uh, the the guild uh, reputation. Um Oh, one of the other things that I that I forgot to mention, too, is they've talked about having like an emissary ledger uh, to be able to earn like uh, cosmetics and stuff like that. Right. Um, well, unfortunately, you don't get an emissary ledger right off the bat just because you're a guild. You actually have to rank up to rank 15 and then you have to go over to the sovereign table to actually like interact with the, the table that they have there to uh, enlist with the um with the ledgers for the guild. And it's very interesting to see that the sovereigns are the the kind of gatekeepers here for the guild ledge. Uh, and I'm really kind of wondering like, what is their role to play? Because it does feel like from the get-go, um, the, the sovereigns themselves have always been kind of sketchy. Like it never really made a whole lot of sense to me, like why they were coming into the seas 
why they weren't asking for any cut of the gold. They were passing everything on to the, the respective trade companies and you were getting like full value for everything. Like there was no cut taken out of it. And it always made me think like, oh, well, you know, this is a magic trick. You know, we've got the setup. We've got the explanation of what's going on with them. And then eventually we'll see the the reveal. We'll see the turn. And, uh, you know, th that has yet to happen. And the further we get into the, the game, the longer we have these sovereigns, um, the more I wonder if the plot line that may have originally been kind of instigated with the sovereigns, uh, being kind of like ties to the outside world with Sea of Thieves and potentially to the Grand Maritime Union, which is kind of like the East India Trading Company for Sea of Thieves. Um, the more I'm starting to wonder like, okay, well, maybe these are starting to become more of just a um, kind of just like their own thing in Sea of Thieves. And it, it's not actually like, it's not actually like a, an, an illusion, an, an illusion, no, an illusion, an alluding to the Grand Maritime Union. Um, because to be perfectly honest, we have not seen any movement with the with the Sea of Thieves story um, for a very long time. Uh, and, and, and in fact, I'll kind of get a little bit into that later on. Hopefully, if I remember, uh, hopefully I remember. Um, I've got a tab open right now that I've, I've got that like locked in. Like I want to be able to talk about the next Sea of Thieves comic that's coming out on November 7th. Um, but the story hasn't really moved forward and we've seen very little teasing of the Grand Maritime Union. Uh, and, and because of that, it just, it, it feels like maybe the sovereigns who might've played a, a story role in Sea of Thieves, maybe their functionality as the sovereigns as like for captaincy and guilds now is taking precedent or no, taking priority over uh what was initially just a story role and maybe they'll they'll work around the whole grand maritime union thing in another way um but that's just kind of you know current state of the game ideas and, and thoughts like you know what where are we at and what does it what does it feel like so but i don't know it's so hard to know like what the plan is long term for this kind of stuff so you just kind of have to you know put on the tinfoil hat for a little bit do some speculation and see where things are going but um getting into guilds as a whole uh i have feelings on the guilds um and, and it's hard to know like how this will pan out but I will say that the leveling of guilds is extremely slow. Um, and it does feel like if hourglass losses are the fastest way, that doesn't help the health of hourglass. Um, and it doesn't uh, really, it doesn't really, ins it doesn't really inspire folks that like to engage in adventure through natural organic gameplay. Um, because it feels like if they are trying to get to their emissary for their guild, they're going to have to find like the fastest way to go about it. And now and that's for like the diehards. Most casual folks probably will continue working on it. Um, but this does kind of go back to the idea of uh, Rare trying to find the balance between how long should content be engaged with, how do you keep that engagement going, and also how do you not or how do you reward people in the short term because right now it doesn't feel like there's any reward in the short term for guilds um, and i honestly don't think anyone will actually start to see any kind of like guild uh, rewards 
until like well after 15. Um, and, and, you know, the distinction levels, those hit at level 100. And we are about halfway, just past the halfway mark for when guilds were available. And many folks are barely, uh, you know, past level two, level three. Um, it does not feel like this is going to be a very short-term thing, which is kind of a bummer uh, for those that were in, in invested in building a guild. Um, you, you need to have something short for folks to earn or to, to, to gain so that they feel like the time invested is not a big lead up to something that will eventually be so overhyped that there's no way that the actual rewards will feel impactful enough to justify the weight, um, which is kind of what's the, and and if you don't believe me, um, I will I will point to seasons and seasonal rewards as a good example of how you give folks a little always along the way um, from level one to level one hundred. There's always something that you get in a season pass. Doesn't matter what game it is. Uh, all, sing all season passes have content that is either gated behind a paywall uh, or, or content that is, is available um, every step stage of the way. Now, season passes, obviously, you have to pay to get into the premium tier to be able to get all of the content. But with Sea of Thieves, they have uh, content available from level one all the way to a level 100 if you don't pay. Um, and I think that that needs to be something that Rare addresses when it comes to their long-term solutions for player engagement with things like guilds, with captaincy, with Hourglass. All of those should have small carrots on the stick for folks to work towards that will be something that causes them to like drive to getting that. Um, I, I think this is something that when the game first came out, it did really well. Uh, if you looked at trading companies, trading companies had stages of gear that you got every kind of milestone marker, every like um, multiple of five, you got a cosmetic and that cosmetic would change. Sometimes the cosmetic would improve in quality and that kind of worked its way up all the way until you got to pirate legend. And then the, the system kind of reset and you started to work on this new reputation for pirate legend. Nowadays, we don't get anything like that. I think milestones is maybe the closest to it uh, and, and milestones work, but the they've had to go in and tweak all of the milestones uh, to try and better address the short-term desire to have content because after a year of playing in, in captaincy, they realized most people are not playing the game enough to really even have access to a majority of the milestone rewards. And they are really trying to build out something that is for the, the most engaged, the people that are playing anywhere from 20 to 40 hours a week depending on if they're just a, a hardcore gamer or they're a full-time streamer and that hurts i think uh the casual base which are the majority of players and unfortunately if the majority of players aren't seeing a return they're going to go do something else and the game does not live and breathe off of the elites either or, or the or the complete polar opposite of that right like the game lives off of the mass majority um of casuals and a lot of people don't like hearing this 
but that is the fact. The fact of the matter is, is that this game makes sales off of the majority of casual players who see something cool in the Emporium and buy it and play it, you know, five, 10, maybe 20 hours every couple of weeks. That is the bread and butter of the game. So you, you build a game for them. Uh, you don't build it for the top echelon of players. And I know I've talked about this a lot, so I'll, I'll get off my high horse about it. But that is my that is my earnest opinion. And I've talked to devs in other other industry other studios who have all said, like, you do not build the game for the top top players. The top players will do their thing. They will be there always. Um, they're there to showcase the content. Uh, you build it for everyone to be able to have access to that. Um I see the same thing in like clothing, like there's very expensive clothing. And then two years later, you're buying the knockoff of that at Target because it's it's a derivative. It just kind of works its way down and you make something for the casual people because you have the very it's it's kind of how commerce works. It's a weird thing. I don't I don't know. I don't pretend to know all of it. I know that I understand a, a good enough amount of it. But as far as I'm saying, like guilds, I don't I'm going to get off this. It's a weird thing to get in there. But overall, I would say that guilds and the leveling thing, that that duration will be a good long-term goal for folks. Um, but to showcase that as the main thing for season 10 and to have it be as slow, um, I think will hurt the overall opinion of season 10, um, which is where I think rare may save themselves by having the legend or the 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 uh, voyage of the siren song uh, or the skull of the siren song that will be kind of the thing that drives players to play on a short-term basis like those rewards are the things that people can get and those are the things that will engage players to fight with each other that will be the carrot on the stick for the short term and i think guilds will kind of fall into that for the long term but to kick it off with the long-term stuff first, the, the we'll have to wait and see kind of like where that falls as far as like good move, bad move. But overall, um, aside from some of the small bugs that I've seen, guilds is working fine. I think it's very cool to, to be able to have now. Um, but I have noticed something as well too. And I think this is one of those weird social issues that you run into, uh, where initially I was like, I hate that I'm only allowed to be in three guilds because it means that I'm going to have to say no to some guilds. And because of that, I feel like it should have been opened up to more people. And then I look at that coin and I flip it over and I say, okay, what is the practice? What is the actual practicality of this? I say I want to be in more guilds. However, I am only spending time on ships for one guild. And that's my main guild. I am, I am not investing any time into other guilds right now. And the reason for it is because I'm trying to enrich the, the leveling system for the guild that I'm a part of, the main one that I started. And I have a feeling that that is the problem that a lot of players are going to run into with these guilds. Yes, you can be a part of three, but that doesn't mean that you are going to be playing and earning reputation for all three, um, which is interesting because I say one thing, but then when I look at what I'm actually doing, the practical, the practical nature of what I'm what I'm working towards, uh, 
I don't actually want three. I only want one. I just want that one to have as many of my friends in it as I can. So if I could have 50 friends in a guild or I could have a hundred people in the guild, then no longer would I feel like um, I need to worry about whether or not I'm focusing my attention on one guild versus another, because one guild should be large enough to encompass the three or four other guilds, at which point, even though friend groups may be split apart from each other, there's a good chance that communities could form under one. Now, that goes against what Rare's desire is, from what I can tell, which is keeping things close and intimate. Uh, they want to have guilds be something where you know everyone in the guild. And that has merits as well, too. There's loyalty that is bred in to smaller groups of people. You feel like you're more impactful. You feel like you're working towards a common goal. And everyone understands like the assignment here. Um, outside of that, it is also a lot easier to see when people are not contributing to the guild. And that can, at times, build in resentment if not everyone is close friends. And that is also a problem, especially when it's not a democracy. Um, so it's, it's hard to say. There's always pros and cons with a lot of these things. So we'll have to see how guilds kind of works its way through the, the actual, like, see if these community um but overall i will say that right now guilds have been a positive to the long-term goals for friend groups uh, and it's been great to see friend groups come together and to come up with the names that they have and to take advantage of the motto system and the iconography system and uh, to be able to really kind of like design what they want for their guild i do think that the current available um options for icons colors mottos things like that the mottos pretty good uh the icons all right the colors very dull uh primaries and secondaries only i don't recall seeing any kind of tertiary uh colors in the in the palette i think that would have been a i think that would have been a color wheel that would have been best and i think that they could have done well to add uh, primary and secondary tones to the icon to allow players to have uh, multiple colors as opposed to just one solid color. Um, and there's always opportunities to tweak there, but I will say that having two guilds currently, one that is a group of friends um, that are, are working on their guild versus the one that I set up for my patrons, the iconography for both of those ended up being almost exactly the same. And it's, it's nice to know that, you know, kind of like my group of friends from the community all feel pretty much the same as far as like creating the guild uh, that I created and, and how it looks and stuff. It's cool to see that we're on the same page there, but it doesn't really feel unique in that sense. The name is really the only thing that really feels unique about it. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see kind of if we ever get access to more colors, to get more icons, things like that, um, especially given that there's some that I'm sure a lot of folks would love to have, and there's tons that aren't included currently. So it would be very interesting to see like how that all works. Um, you can sail on a guild ship 
if you're not a guild member, uh, you can sail on a ship that, uh, or you can ally, ally with uh, other ships from other guilds. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Once you hit level 100, you can then uh, reap the benefits of, of the, the new cosmetics and you get a new little icon. We were able to get that confirmation that the uh, little plaque on the main mast actually goes up from one to two to three to four, all the way up to 10 uh, with every 100 levels. So a thousand levels total for the guild reputation so again a very long grind for this uh and we have yet to see like what the rewards are going to be um we did get a couple things that were going that that came out as a result of this one of them being uh a type of cosmetic that are moving paintings which i gotta say i i think are really cool looking i think it's really awesome that they're doing stuff like that they all additionally have like a helmsman a cannoneer a chef uh and a captain cosmetics available for those um who are are getting into the actual uh the the actual like uh emissary type cosmetics or, or rewards for guilds a lot to learn left with this and uh we're kind of waiting on folks to kind of start breaking into those upper levels to be able to show off some of the things that you can actually see and does remind me a lot of a lot of the stuff that we felt during the beginning of the game where it was really hard to get certain cosmetics so if you were able to afford uh the oh gosh the was it the sea dogs I think it was the sea dog set there's a, a very particular purple and teal skull set that was out at the beginning of the game that was kind of like the og pirate legend before pirate legend was hit uh ship and before people had enough gold to be able to do it. a lot of people ran with those cosmetics and that was kind of like a distinction level you know that was like a hey we've been here and we've worked hard and we've gotten the, our ship to look like this um, I think guilds will be that now, uh, the way that like the chest of fortune cosmetics were for a little bit, or the way like the, the glorious sea dog set was for a little bit, um, before, you know, they, they just kind of moved off to something else, but overall so far really like guilds. Um, I think there's things that I would have tweaked if it were me, but hands down, I think this is a, a positive change for sea of thieves i think this is a good inclusion it's basically just them asking us to do what we normally do under a guild ship as opposed to just a captain ship all right so now that we've talked about that i want to talk about the um quality of life things that we got that came to season 10 as well too first off we're going to be talking about rowboats um rowboats got a change uh i haven't seen a normal rowboat in the game ever since um but we now have all of the rowboats from the arena i don't know why this was something that they couldn't have done sooner but it it doesn't matter now so uh there are a bunch of different ones that you can find up uh, on different, you know, everywhere that you normally would find rowboats. And each one has, um, what is it, five doubloons worth to get the commendation to uh, dock it onto your ship. Um, there's the Azure Scout, the Flaming Jackal, the Gold Chaser, the Lucky Rover, the Regal Hound, and the Rare Good Boy. 
for for as far as like the different colors um i think i'm only missing the regal hound right now which is the purple one i think i haven't seen that one out there um and then you get a a, a commendation for each one as as well as some currency for those so keep an eye out for those um you can now save rowboats. So uh, one of the things that I've been doing is I've been going out on other people's crude or uh, uh, guild ships. And any time that I come across a sloop that doesn't have a rowboat, I will try to find uh, a rowboat that I can give them that has a color. So that way they can dock it or undock it and get the credit for that. Um, I think the good boy one was a really good one that I was about to leave on one of the other ships. Oh, it was the John B. Uh, that's right. It was super packs. It was Sloop John B. And I was going to leave the good boy on there, um, but I didn't because I found the uh, golden chaser that had a cannon on it. And I was like, oh, well, it's a cannon rowboat. And I know Ors is going to be sailing with CJ at some point. And, you know, Ors would love to have a cannon rowboat. That's kind of like one of the, the requirements, I think, for him. Uh, so I, I've been having a really good time with these. You can uh, save them from one session to the next. However, losing the ship um, means that you also lose the rowboat. So anytime you go to, uh, you know, go to actually like get a rowboat, just make sure that you log out with it on your crew with on your ship. So that way it'll be there next time you log in. Um, you can also repair rowboats too. Repairing rowboats will, uh, it's one spot in the middle. It's a giant crack in the middle and you can use one plank to repair it and it repairs it up to a, a full health rowboat. Um, this is something that I know a lot of us have wanted to have in the past. It's something we've all asked for. Um, so it's really cool that we're getting that now. Uh, and rowboats that are docked to a captain ship can now actually be repaired by the ship or shipwright for free as well too so um if you leave a game with the session or leave a game session with a damaged rowboat docked um it will also repair itself with the next session as well too so very easy to have those kind of for future uses as well too um one of the other or quality of life changes that came in was retaining supplies for the fall for for disconnects so if you um disconnect one of the biggest problems with that was you would lose all of your supplies anything that you had on you and, and a lot of folks would lose uh good stuff like cursed cannonballs chain shot um good fruit you know specific fish and there was nothing you could do. It was just something that was lost to the, the you know, the whims of server stability. And as a result of this, now if you disconnect, when you rejoin the session, you will have the contents of your inventory retained. And I really appreciate that. That's a huge, a huge fix for the game. Um, mermaids during Hourglass of Fate Battles players who find themselves in the sea during an hourglass of fate battle will now find that mermaids appear much uh, sooner and closer helping them return to their ship more quickly this is something that is going to be a pro and a con at the same time it's a pro if you fall off your ship and you need to get back quickly it's a con if you are trying to sink a ship and you get the other member off of the uh, ship and they're able to get a mermaid quicker to come back to the ship so it's i mean it, it's it's going to be beneficial as well as as harm those um regardless equally so it doesn't really impact other than just make the game a little more interesting you feel like you're actually able to contribute to the loss or or win of a battle 
as opposed to, well, this sucks. I missed, uh, I didn't get a mermaid, so I lost my fight. And that was, that was on rare, not on me because I was ready to fight. Um, collector's chest improvements. Holy cow. Collector's chests. Uh, you can now call them Pac-Man's. Um, holding a collector's chest can now actually scoop up small treasures directly from the ground, allowing you to store three images or three, uh, items in a collector's chest. Really cool that they, that you can do that. So you can pick things up and then you can sell them from the actual collector's chest. Big quality of life should reduce the amount of time it takes to do stuff. You don't have to drop it, open the chest, pick up the item, stick it into the actual chest and yeah, that kind of, it's interesting because there's always been a sense of tactical uh, feel to the game. Like you're, there's a, a tactile feel to the game where everything you do is something you actually have to interact with. And this is one of those things where it's, it's not game breaking for what it uh, allows you to do, but it is one of those like, oh, well that takes away like you know, having to actually like sort loot in the collector's chest yourself. You can just scoop it up. I think it's a boon. I think it'll be a positive change. It's kind of like uh, grabbing or, or storing or taking all of the uh, st things out of a storage crate. You know, we're already doing that. So, you know, how much different is this in comparison? Um, obviously means the downfall of Sea of Thieves. This is clearly, this is the death knell. If you guys didn't know, like them scooping up items into a collector's chest, completely the death knell of the game, RIP. Um, clearing all map markers. Uh, just a nice little quality of life thing. I don't know if you guys have checked this out, but anytime you go to your map, um, all you have to do is kind of like look at one of the markers that you place and it will pop up with a, it's a Y on controller. Um, I haven't seen it on PC cause I just haven't booted up the PC client lately. Uh, but you can clear all the markers on there. Uh, one of the other things, let's see, cashing in recovered resource crates. Um, crews who quote unquote recover stolen resource crates are now able to sell them back to the Merchant Alliance uh, or Sovereigns at any outpost. Uh, crews who purchase the crates are still prevented from selling them back directly. Um, this kind of falls in line with the like, oh, well, I can't sell this because someone else bought it, uh, which is a nice quality of life improvement. Um, means you're not, I mean, the, the crates themselves cost like 5k anyway, so I don't really see anyone buying and selling them, but I personally, I mean, I kind of use this in some cases. Like I think the, the main case that I run into is when I get one of those, uh, message in a bottle quests and it's like, Hey, you, you, you know, pick up a resource crate and head over to uh, Port Merrick and turn in 50 or turn in a wood crate. And I'm like, crap. I don't have that much wood to really like give away. So I'll go over and I'll buy one of the wood crates from, you know, the, the merchant Alliance rep, uh, you know, rep. And then I'll just transfer all the wood from the, the one that I bought into the one that I got from the actual representative and then just hand that back to them and then take the empty crate and put it on my ship for later use. And then like, usually I'll, if I find another one out in the world, I'll swap it. So that way I can sell it later. But, you know, little things like that, it's just nice, like stolen ones you can now sell. Uh, oh, yeah, the the extra cooking stove, um, which is funny because there's there's <laughs> and uh, uh, it's funny because Chris Alcock online uh, tweeted about this um, when they talked about this. They said uh, each ship now offers two stoves for players to cook up a hearty meal for their crew. 
when in actuality it's not two stoves it's one stove and two pans there's not two stoves on your ship now and i thought that was kind of funny because he clearly knew like what they were going for and he you know he even had to say like he's like i love you guys but it's one stove and two pans not two stoves one pan each so it's cool i love it i think it's a good use of space i hated the little trinket spot that they had on the crew ships uh or on the stove that was like oh cool yeah no i don't actually want to interact with the little the little trinket that's on the stove also why is it on the stove uh i'd much rather just actually have that space for something useful or not at all and in this case we got something useful which you know i love fruit crate contents holy cow how many times have you bought a fruit crate or avoided buying a fruit crate because he knew it was just going to be bananas and bananas you know nowadays like they're like pennies you don't want pennies you want good stuff you want like half dollars and quarters you know you want good currency uh and like this you want good fruit so fruit crates can now be purchased from the merchant alliance that contain a variety of fruit instead of just bananas r.i.p crunch the game is dying um bait key binding <laughs> keen anglers can now assign key binds to their bait you might be thinking captain logan why do you why do you need to have bait binded to a key like what's the goal of that like you like you're only putting bait on a on a fishing pole nay nay young pirate this is the perfect opportunity for the puking pirates out there throwing their swords and cutting down people to start spewing their their uh, spewing less vitriol with their words and more bait on their enemies now you can keybind bait so that if you need to press f or t and you eat a you eat a piece of bait you can then eat a piece of bait and then pull out your sword and uh, cut down with the rest of the scallywags out there whilst puking and blinding your your uh, enemy. Um, so be sure to keep an eye out for uh, pirates who are getting up close and personal with their swords um, because there's a good chance if they start to look green, they have a keybind for their bait. And they're chopping, they're just like throwing leeches down their throat like it's not actually doing anything. Um that's not a mental image I ever want to conjure again. I very much regret saying that. My apologies. Um, but yeah, that's it as far as like quality of life improvements. I think I was looking on Twitter and uh, I, I've, you know, I follow a lot of the devs. And uh, this season, um, Kia, who is Andy Preston over on Twitter, uh, had kind of like a a breakdown of like some of the major quality of life improvements and there's been quite a bit of them um and one of the things that we actually got that i don't think anyone really expected it was very interesting that this happened controllers got aim assist now i thought that was kind of a, a very interesting thing because it's something that i i expect um in call of duty and fortnite which i've been playing a lot of lately to kind of like you know just play with some friends and stuff like we'll jump on do some Fortnite mission or do some Fortnite. uh uh you know i can't think of the they put a horde mode in that's like save the world but it's quicker so they've managed to sell people on a holiday version of save the world which cracks me up but anyway i've been playing a lot of call of duty and Fortnite lately and uh having a pretty good time with it for call of duty is doing an awesome job with 
Halloween, by the way, if you don't know. And one of the things that I expect out of those games is, is controller uh, aim assist, um, because mouse and keyboard is just, it's a lot more precise in my experience. I, I, I love the precision that comes with mouse and keyboard and controllers can, you know, you got to think around it a lot of the time. You can still be very competent with it, um, but it's not something that I ever really expected with Sea of Thieves. So you now have controller aim assist. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see like how that plays out. If they can go in and kind of tweak it, you know, like add or add or minus it. But um, I saw some folks that were upset, I guess would be a pleasant way to say it. They're upset that they just threw in aim assist. And, and to be perfectly honest, like if they ever did it and they just never announced it, I think the community would would notice it eventually. But I don't think that people would be in such an uproar as as they are if they had never said anything. And it was just like one of those like it's it's, it's like sailing into the wind. You know, people aren't upset about sailing into the wind because they eventually figured it out and they realized it. But I'm sure if they if Rare had announced that they were going to make sloops faster by sailing into the wind, there would have been so many people that have been like, this is ridiculous. Like, how come a galleon isn't? getting the opportunity to sail faster into the wind they've got more sails so clearly they should be moving faster the way a sloop moves faster sailing into the wind yeah it just doesn't make sense and uh i don't know i just i, that, I feel like that's kind of my sentiment overall with season 10 i've really enjoyed season 10 um there have been bugs i will say i have noticed and heard about bugs uh, in the game, I think the server stability has been kind of weird lately. I've been noticing a lot of jittering when I've been running around, which is is not normal. It's not normal. Um, and I know that the cannons are still kind of bugged. Like you're still kind of having that weird desync from when you when you're supposed to shoot out. And instead of actually shooting you out and moving your body from the cannon to the location where the cannon should land you, um, you're just falling out of the cannon. So overall, I would say like server stability as far as like weird jank is a little a little higher than normal or a little more noticed than normal. Um, but overall, I think that season 10 has been really good. Um, so they did add controller aim assist and they did add uh, the improvements to hit registration as well as quick swap, as well as sword hit detection and feedback and sword blocking. Um, sword, I think, is in a pretty good place. Um, I think that the sword uh, is is doing pretty well. It feels like it registers hits and, and, and actually like, you know, it shows you blocks and you're blocking reliably. Um, the, the pistol, the double gun thing, I think that's something that needs to be looked at again. Uh, it is amazing to me the amount of people who are so earnest in trying to figure out how they can still quick squap. Uh, and they have figured it out, man. It is now like aim gun, fire, change to bucket, sprint, stow, pull out second weapon, sprint, stow, pull out second weapon, fire. And they're like, yep, that saved me 0.2 seconds. And it is still slightly faster than just the normal swap and i'm gonna do it and i don't care if it takes seven different actions in that time period i will do it because i can kill my enemy faster than if he just 
normally swaps the guns. And all I can say is kudos to those who are working so hard to break the animation. And at this point, honestly, I think Rare just needs to hard lock it. If Rare does not want you swapping guns faster than the, the normal swap, then I think it just needs to be one of those things that they figure out how to hard code into it. You X player cannot fire weapon before X number of seconds fired from any other weapon, whether it be the weapon that they are currently using or another weapon, just X number of time has not passed. Do not fire next weapon and just have it be something like that. If, if quick swapping, if double gunning, uh, cause, and, and I don't think that they don't want people using double guns. I think they do want people using double guns. I just think they want people to stop screwing around with the animations of the double guns and just use them normally. It's okay to have double guns. It is not okay to purposefully try to break the game so that you can kill someone slightly faster than normally playing the game. And I'm sorry you need that. <laughs> I'm genuinely sorry that you need that to win because I would rather focus on naval and I still like having a sword and I would much rather just use a bunch of pistol shots or a, an eye of reach and a couple blunder bombs to get around having to do quick swap. Personal opinion, not the best PvP -er. Take it with a grain of salt. You know, disregard my opinion if you want. It's, it's my opinion, but... Also, I think that if Rare wants this to be something that is not abused, it's got to get hard-coded even harder than it is at the moment. And I'm, I'm sure I've seen some folks out there being like, hey, this is still something that can be done. It's not fixed the way you thought it was fixed. Please take another look at this. And I've also seen another bunch of people being like, oh, they can't even do this. Uh, and oh, sorry, you know what? I'm going to take the tone off because I think the tone is is indicative of my my attitude towards it. And I, I would try to be a little more neutral about that if possible, even though that is my opinion. Um, a lot of people being like, well, I'm still going to figure out how to break it because it gives me an edge. And I would rather have the edge than lose to the edge. So maybe that's the perspective to take it. I think you can work around it. I think if you're a good PVPer, you don't need it. I think that if you do need it, then you need to find areas where you can work on around it because you should never bank on an exploit being the way that you win. It's like a small step closer to using cheats, you know, like you're just you're like you're in the legal gray area. And that's because of the good graces like in destiny, man. If you use an exploit, pff, good luck, man. You might just lose your account like exploits. They're like, nah. Nah, dog, we ain't playing with exploits. If you exploit, you're done. Pfft, uh -uh. Um, and maybe that, oh no, maybe it's not destiny. There are repercussions. I'll have to look them up. So take it with a grain of salt because I'm not going to do the research right now. But I know that some, some companies do not look at exploits as a like, whoopsie, I guess you guys didn't know. So it's okay. Uh, some people are like, ah, no, you knew that was an exploit. No, you lose your account. I'm sorry you wanted the win on that thing. That's no, sorry, bye. Uh, let's see. Talked about controller aim assist. 
Um, little details on that, by the way. Uh, players using aim assist have access to a range of settings to refine the sensitivity, both hip fire and aim down sights independently. Um, you can choose. You can also choose whether this applies to members of an alliance to better configure the experience to their liking. Um, controller players on console and PC will now have access to that aiming assist in the settings to better improve the balance between controller, mouse, and keyboard inputs. Aim assist is only active for ranged combat and counters against other players and enemy threats and will not expose players hiding in the environment. Um, just to kind of give you a little more like mm, technical stuff on that. I'm glad that it's not on swords. I think it would be a little broke if it were on swords, uh, swords. Um, but also, you know, block, make sure. And it, honestly, if you're blocking and you do not get the first swipe in a uh, little advice, either do the jump back or do the jump forward. Uh, usually if you're on PC and you jump forward, you can turn fast enough that you can try and get a slice on them before they can turn around and block. So that can help sometimes as well too. But honestly, sometimes blocking and if you miss that first one and you jump back, that second swing of theirs will cause a slight delay in their, uh, in their actual swing and it won't follow through with the combo, you can then usually jump forward and get into that fight or just move forward and engage with your first swing and try and catch them before they get into a guard position as well too. So give it a shot, see if you like it. You know, you can always hop to the side as well too. There's a little bit of a play. You can also sword lunge if you hop back. So if you miss that, if they, if they block, if you block the first swing, you can hop back and then start up a sword lunge um, and do the block sword lunge so that you can get the movement on it, which, you know, that right there, perfect example of something that I have gotten muscle memory on that could be considered an exploit at some point. And if they change that, it would, it would suck, but I'd, I'd, I'd suck it up and I'd say, you know what? That's fine. I I've abused it long enough. If I can't use it, then I can't use it. It's just like double digging. I can't do, I can't do double digs anymore. So I'm just digging the normal way nowadays and doesn't plus me in, a, in any way. Um, but just a little bit of advice on that one. You know, sword lunge is a good way to kind of deal with someone who's just M1 spamming, um, which is mouse one button spamming, by the way, or right trigger spamming for most most controller players and stuff. Um, let me take a break. I'm going to drink some coffee. All right, so there is some stuff that I think I'll probably hold off on. Uh, Season 10 Plunder Pass, uh, the Emissary Ledger updates, Chest of Fortune, Reaper Chest, things things for like the, um, uh, what's it called? The uh, Chest of Fortune or the Fate of Fortune clothing, as well as weapons and stuff. Um, I'm going to hold off on that, I think, uh, because I want to get some of the other stuff out there, um, especially given how much time I spent on guilds and, and quality of life improvements. So Sea of Thieves has a new comic book that is coming out. This is called Sea Dogs Search. Uh, this is available for free over on Kindle or Amazon through Comixology. Um, it, I tried getting this. Uh, it says that it, it's going to be delivered to my Kindle uh, on the tomorrow. So I think tomorrow is the actual release day for it. Uh, it is 24 pages. Um, I have not gotten to read this, but just reading through the, uh, little blurb that they have on Amazon, it says filled with action, gold and untold, untold tales of glory, the sea dog or no, 
Sorry, let me try this again. Filled with action, gold, and untold tales of glory, the Sea of Thieves is a strange and treacherous stretch of ocean where the seafaring scallywags of the world flock to test their might and metal. Uh, after voyaging to far-off islands in search of legendary buried treasures, uh, facing rival thieves, and the wrath of undead hordes guarding their riches, the former leader of the Sea Dog Trading Company, Lissetti Singh, undertakes a perilous journey to save her brother's soul from damnation of the Siren Queen. This is the result of the first mystery that we got uh, back in 2022. And it is very interesting that we are getting this now. This is being published by Titan. Uh, and I'll be very interested to see who writes this um, because right now it just shows uh, Jeremy Whitley as the author who... If you don't know, Jeremy Whitley uh, has done some Spider-Man stuff as well as other Sea of Thieves content, um, has worked with the team that has currently been working on like the Origins comics, um, as well as the original run of Sea of Thieves comics that introduced DeMarco and Lissetti. So good that they're kind of working on that. Originally, this was in conjunction with uh, Mike Chapman as he was kind of leading up the story. I think lately we've seen that some of this stuff has not been overseen by Mike. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues, if the story is continuing to move forward on without Mike's uh, direct input to writing it. Um, but overall, I am looking forward to reading this uh, because... It's just one of those things where like this story was kind of thrown into um, chaos, uh, especially because the intent of it was to have the community kind of discover who was responsible for killing DeMarco, why DeMarco died, why DeMarco felt the need to leave Sea of Thieves. Um, and it was really cool the way it was done, except that they just they dished it out too slowly. Uh, I think that they had a lot of growing pains with this first mystery. I think the second mystery was had some growing pains as well, too. Um, and this continues that story. Uh, again, something that is being done outside of the Sea of Thieves. So if you care about lore, if you care about the story, um, this will be free, which is fantastic. It's very interesting to me that this is free, that this is a way that they are continuing to have lore dished out outside of the game in a digital format um, because it's hard to know like how much of this will actually, you know, be saved. You know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see like th how this will continue on. Um, and right now I'm just invested to find out like, will Lissetti actually be able to rescue her brother's soul and uh, you know, be able to bring him back? Is that something that he wants? Is that something that uh, she wants? Um, why doesn't, you know, Ramsey care enough to do it himself? Why is he still kind of like on his seat about the whole pirate lord or pirate legend and Flameheart thing and protecting the Sea of Thieves? So I, this is number one. I'll be very curious, like what the the future releases are, are going to be numbered as far as like two, three, four. Are we going to go up to five? How many are going to be published in this? It is coming out tomorrow. It's 24 pages. It is free over on Amazon through Kindle or through your Kindle app, uh, whether that be on like mobile or if you actually have one of their devices um, or through Comixology, as far as I know. Uh, so happy to see that. Happy to see that we're getting more comics. Uh, very curious to see what the story is regarding this. 
other stuff you should know about. Um, I hope you all were watching Twitch this weekend because we got Twitch drops. It was the Ori set, uh, or at least parts of it. And uh, it got kind of messed up and they had to reboot it. And it's uh, really weird that that had to happen, but hopefully it didn't, hopefully it worked for you. Hopefully you didn't miss out on stuff. It didn't have like all of the Ori stuff. And I know some of that is, is missing out of the set that folks are looking to get. Um, but that did go on this weekend. It was available to anyone that streamed. So it was really nice to see that. And as usual, I did not stream and I completely forgot to record video for the video version of this. Uh, so I will have to go back out either tonight or tomorrow, probably tomorrow to actually record some footage for the B-roll for the episode for tomorrow, um, which means it might be a little bit late because I still have to record that. <laughs> the uh, last thing that I wanted to tell you about is Ghoul and Glory Weekend. This is going on from October 27th through to November 1st. Um, actually, it's, what is that? Is that three, let's see, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30, 31st. So yeah, that's actually about a week. Yeah, so we're getting like a whole week of Ghoul and Glory. Um, there's going to be a sale on the Pirate Emporium uh, between October 28th and November 5th, which is dumb. Guys, just make it the same dates. Really? Why do you got to have the dates different than the actual Ghoul and Glory thing? Why not just start the Ghoul and Glory thing on the 27th and then have the Pirate Emporium sale on the 28th. What's the hang up there? Um, anyway, save on scary stock, including the Jack Looter, the Crimson Crypt, and the Graveyard Gladiator items all in the Pirate Emporium. Um, damned decorations. The Ghoulish Outpost atmosphere returns, including a new display at Port Merrick. Uh, event freebies. There is a Skull of Destiny Voyage which if you don't know is the Skull of Destiny, that is the one that opens up the Fairy of the, or no, the Fort of the Damned, which is, uh, I think, a commendation, now that I think about it. There's also the Reaper of the Damned Sword. Um, it just looks freaking cool, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. This is a really cool sword. It is just a beat-up hunk of rapier with a skull as the the cross guard and hilt, and you just, it's all green and glowy and stuff. Um, very much recommend doing that, whatever it takes. Uh, I have no clue. Uh, double rewards. Earn double the usual gold, reputation, allegiance, and seasonal renown while setting sail for spooky shenanigans. Uh, again, this is going on between October 27th through the 1st of November. I, again, I gotta say it. I say it every time. I say it to, to everyone I possibly can. Halloween is all month. Please start your Halloween decorations at the beginning of October. Have them run until November 1st. That way you aren't making content that is only available for one week. Please stop limiting content that is holiday specific to one or two weeks during that holiday. Stores have already learned you put Halloween junk out in September or August People buy it and then they have it so they can set it up for all of October. Celebrate the whole month. It's okay. All right. Hold on. Let me step down off of that soapbox. All right, pirates. That is going to do it for this episode. Um, a lot of feelings right off the bat off of the combat changes. I think people are really just... They're, they're having some major issues right now. It is hurting them about how much different things are. They will adjust. 
they'll get over it. They'll either move on to a different game or they will learn how to work around these problems. There's always going to be growing pro growing pains with this. And it's the it's their game. It's honestly, it's their game. And everything every time I listen to a streamer, all I hear is they need to listen to the community. The the community is a small portion of the actual player base. Fam, I love you. But the community is a small percentage of the overall gaming community for Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is one of the biggest games Microsoft has. It's one of the best live service games they have right now. There are a lot more people just playing Sea of Thieves for, for kicks than the vocal community that's over on social media or Reddit or in the forums or streaming. We may think that our opinion is the one that everyone cares about. I guarantee you there is a large number of players that do not notice or care about half of the stuff that we talk about on a rate uh, on a weekly basis. So things will change. They will adjust. We will as well. It'll be okay. Things will be fine. The game will be fine. Nothing is dying. Nothing is dead. The game is doing better than it ever has. And we will continue to grow and iterate over time. Pirates, I hope you're having a great time out there. I know I am. I'm having a fun, enjoyable time out on the seas. I got uh, my Lord Farquaad hairstyle. I got my little eyeglass from the seasonal pass. I've been having fun jumping on other people's ships. Um, I've had a really good time watching people jump onto uh, servers and, and while I'm playing, uh, I've seen a lot of activity. Uh, Fort of Fortune is basically like walk up and, and take for the grabbing now. Everyone's working on uh, Fort of the Damned. If you're hesitant about working on Fort of the Damned because it draws attention to uh, the whole server, just wait until the uh, Siren Song or the Skull of Siren Song comes out next month. And I guarantee you, if you throw up a Fort of the Damned, when you see that voyage go up, people will move to do that and you can have a free Fort of the Damned. I, I guarantee you the likelihood of getting interrupted on a Fort of the Damned after you see that Skull of Siren song go up, very low. Because I think everyone's going to be grinding on that Skull of Siren song. And hopefully they worked out that whole rowboat issue. <laughs> I really hope they did. Otherwise, it's going to be really sad. Um, but outside of that, I'm really having a good time with season 10, man. I don't know about all the people that are having like, you know, a, that are very, very plussed about all of the stuff that's going on. This is the worst state the game has ever been in. Everything's broken. I can't do anything. I've, I've, there's been disconnects and, 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 and feelings. I've had feelings. I don't know, man. I'm running around like an idiot taking cargo crates places and doing lost shipment voyages, just doing my thing, not running into problems, enjoying the game. I don't know. I, maybe I'm just a unicorn out there, like having the best time ever. But I hope you are too. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying the new cosmetics. I like them. I think they're cool. I hope you have a, a, a good reason to jump onto a guild ship. Um, I hope you have a good guild. I hope you guys are having fun trying to get the guild level up, man. It's been cool to see people like, yeah, we got level four tonight. We we made it. Yes, we're getting closer and closer to getting to that, that uh, emissary grade, you know? And I think that should be the thing that a lot of folks work on, you know, focus on. Like if you're having problems with hourglass, step away from hourglass for a little bit, you know, try and kill some people outside of that. 
nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. You know, just kill people not in hourglass. But that is kind of the fastest way to level guild rep. I'm not going to lie. Guild, guild rep goes up faster with hourglass. I think a lot of people have worked that out. But also, it's uh, funny to hear that alliance servers are queued up for days for people wanting to jump into the Fort of the Damned to be able to get their chest of fortunes because that's like the quickest way to get it now. Very funny that those people are like, I can't believe I have to wait 24 hours to be able to get an invite into the server. It's not fair. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. Um, no offense to, to Regis, though. Regis, I love you. Nothing personal, buddy. I'll help you get a chest of fortune on a regular server any day. But it is really funny to see the queues just so high for Alliance servers, from what I'm told. I don't know. I'm not eating them. I don't go to them. I I do not care to ever bother with them because <laughs> I'd rather just play the game uh, the way the devs intended naturally so anyway i think that's going to do it i'm having a really good time with it it's been fun i think my three games that i've been playing like this this whole week have been like call of duty for all the spooky scary stuff which their jump scares i absolutely hate they're the worst thing in the world and they work every time uh fortnite because i don't know it's dumb and it's fun and i've been running around as doom guy for a while and then Sea of Thieves, man, just playing some Sea of Thieves late at night. I'll top on. I'll, I ran into uh, who? Who is this? I'm going to find their name. So I was with Cryptic Slayer last night and we ran into uh, Brig who wanted to have like multiple people and uh, Sabringin Trouble, I think is how they say it, uh, ran into them and their crew last night and just could not stop laughing. Uh, such a fun group of people. They like having like multiple people or multiple crews on one ship and just having chaos. I still think it'd be really fun to have like six or seven people on a galleon naturally. That'd be really kind of, it'd be chaotic, but it would be kind of fun. So they're doing that. It was really fun to run into them. Um, outside of that, yeah, I don't know, man. Just having a good time, man. Sea of Thieves is back. We got content. We got stuff to do. I'm having fun with it. Hope you are too. I hope you're having a, a swell time with everything if not if there's something going on and it's and it's bugging the heck out of you just put it down for a little bit come come vent about it you know on the discord come you know share some thoughts and whatnot you know talk to some people get it off your chest that way you're not taking it out on anyone else uh and you know do something you know a little fun a little a little light-hearted i think i saw uh the the rare friends over on dk vine were sailing today just being goofballs, just absolute goofballs. It's been fun watching people get back into Sea of Thieves. New content, new season 10. Love it. Having fun with it. Hope you are too. And Pirates, if you want to get a hold of me, plenty of ways to do that. Head over to seaofthieves.com uh, and um, you won't find me there. So probably better that you actually go to like, you know, the Discord server in the show notes or YouTube uh, to, to like the video and subscribe or on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. Same as... Uh, what is it called threads yeah same as threads and um i'm trying to think if there's anything else yeah it's not really anything else oh if you get a chance uh luke lore uh the insipid ghost celebrated 200 episodes of the xbox expansion pass i've been with him for the last like 50 episodes since the beginning of this year and it has been fantastic to talk about Xbox, to talk about the Activision Blizzard deal, to talk about like Starfield and Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed, all kinds of fun stuff going on over there. If you're a fan of Xbox and want to hear more 
uh, of, of stuff going on. Like I'm, I'm really happy with the content that we put out. We talk about the news every single week. We have a good conversation about games in general um, and just having a good time. So, you know, there's that as well. You know, maybe buy that Gargoyles game if you want to just make me happy. You know, it's like 15 bucks is not bad. Yeah, $15. You know, what's $15? It's like a McDonald's deal. You know, save, save yourself the, the heart strain of a McDonald's deal. Buy, buy some Gargoyle game on Xbox for $15. Did I say that? I might have mentioned that. By the way, Gargoyles, $15 over on Xbox. Who knew, right? Crazy. Awesome stuff. Yay. I'm going to get out of here. I hope you're having a great week. Love you all so much. Hope to see you in Sea of Thieves. And I'll see you all next week.